What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 57 of the Toronto Games. GameDose.com podcast. I'm one of your host, Steve, the main dude behind TorontoGameDose.com. Uh, joining me, as always, is Brett from Hard Circle. What's up? And the composing Dan is here as well. Hello. Little inside scoop. I, we tried that intro like four times and I still screwed it up, but we're going forward anyways. <laughs> yeah, just, just let's go. Uh, normally, we start the episode with Hype Time where we talk about events going on in Toronto, but I think it would be in, uh, an injustice to not talk about the Nintendo Switch from the get go. So let's. Let's finally talk about Nintendo Switch. Thank God that the sin was <laughs> revealed. <laughs> it took forever. Like we we sit on the podcast, we both thought Brad and I. I, I think Brad, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, that we thought it would be Tokyo that they would re- reveal yeah. it, right? Yeah, I was I was with Tokyo. I was like, it's got to be shown there. The TGS was a month and a month and a bit ago. So I mean, yeah. And late. then they just were like, "Here's a video," like just out of the blue. Yeah, yeah we're, guys, we're here's a video. We're chilling at uh, Game Dev Drinks. Yeah, check my phone. I see Nintendo NX trending. I was like, "What's this?" And and everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, three minute video tomorrow." I'm like, what? "Like what?" That's the weirdest way to unveil a console. Yeah, just yeah. Out of nowhere. Just through <laughs> That's the kind weeds. of just how it felt, right? They're just like, "Oh, here you go. <laughs> it's like that here. video." We see like, the subreddit. We see you guys are going insane with rumors and and mockups and all this shit. Here's the console. Yep. Yeah, and you know, just with all of the rumors and with all of the sort of like little things that kind of leaked out, uh, in a way it kind of was revealed. We're not really all that much further along than we were. All we have is confirmation that a lot of that stuff was true. Yeah, the whole hybrid thing, the whole like you can take it, it's like portable and it's a console. This, this cartridge switch, base, the cartridge base, the, the switch, the like the controllers are detachable and stuff like that. There's, there's yep. only a few things that I learned from that that I didn't know before. You know, like the fact that the controllers, that the, those little controllers on the sides act as too many controllers. That's pretty cool to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just as sort of like if you're taking it on a camping trip or wherever it happens to be and you do want to play something and, and you, you have sort of it's a compromise. Obviously, the little controllers, are, I'm sure, aren't that great, aren't that comfy or whatever. But regardless, it's still pretty cool that you can break them out and use them as two small controllers. It's a pretty smart design choice, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Brett, what are your what are your thoughts and feelings on it? Well, I'm pretty hyped for it. Like as I was watching it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is pretty dope. Um, and then after the hype, after I slept it off because that was intense. Um, I only have like a couple questions. I only care about battery life, and I can, <laughs> I'm really curious about how flimsy it's going to be in my manly hands. Right. That's it. Because like those little controllers are like for children. So <laughs> I don't know if my man hands can handle that cuz like I feel like I like I don't I don't know if it would be comfortable in my hands yet. So that's like the only side question, but everything else it looked great like yeah. yeah. Like, I'm only just concerned about how it feels in my hands now. I'm assuming the battery is going to be like 3 3 and a half hours. Like the Vita is you know around there if you're like walking I would say 5 Five? five hours. Yeah, we'll have to wait I feel like they would have said if it was good. Five hours is is a great battery life for something that's like, yeah, know, playing next gen games and stream and uh, and you know playing online and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I feel true. like they would have said it's five six hours if it actually was. I feel like it's going to be three. Yeah. Well, they didn't really say anything spec wise, so. Yeah, we still don't know a lot. I don't think they really said anything anyways. They just showed off that trailer. They're like, peace, see you next year. Yeah, that was it. They haven't said anything. There was no follow-up from Nintendo. I think the only... Like, they, they said that there's not not going to be like backwards compatibility. Right. Um, yeah, well, if you look at the device itself, you can already tell it's not going to have backwards compatibility. Yeah, but it's not going to have like a... So it's not going to have any sort of CD drive, you'd think, or a yeah. DVD drive, right? Yeah, there's no drive on it. So I'm I'm assuming... Like it looks like they're going all out on the digital side of things, so yeah. I, I'm going to assume if you have your digital library, then you'll be playing it. You'll be able to play on there. So it's backwards compatible digital. Is uh, kind of what I'm thinking. I don't think I feel. Uh, let me let me look it up. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be. I don't know. And like they had those little cartridges, which I assumed were 3ds cartridges, but that they put in into the top of that machine. 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I c- okay, they're, they're, you can still play your DS stuff on this thing, which is cool. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about it. I'm going to get one. They haven't, they haven't said that you can pre-order yet. Yeah, it's yes, but it's not backwards compatible with the DS, right? Yeah. So that's kind of like, I, and I get it. They got some proprietary stuff for the Switch. It makes sense. I mean, going backwards compatible with the DS would, would be kind of an odd move for a business to make, especially with like the new 3DS, I guess. That's just like, that's relatively new, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, yeah, 2011, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, like, that would be putting a nail in a coffin of something that's really successful for you already. I, I would think you'd want that those two exist in tandem somehow. Uh, going off of Go Nintendo story, on the question if Nintendo Switch would be compatible with Wii U and Nintendo 3DS games, Nintendo replied that it wouldn't be the case as not a successor to either platform, which is a weird, weird reason. <laughs> but Well, I, I find it interesting that they did release it the way that they did, right? Like like, like we said, uh, for, for a console release, I mean, this is this the first time we've seen something so sort of enigmatic that just kind of came out of nowhere and just like, here it is, you know? I think so. I think I saw something on Reddit, too. It's like, if, if we're still assuming this thing's coming out in March 2017, which I don't think is the case, um, it would be the shortest amount of time from reveal to release. Ever? Ever. And we, we don't even know price. We don't know specs. We don't know launch games. We don't know any... We didn't really... They didn't even confirm any of those games. You got to assume that Mario's being created and all this stuff. But even afterwards, yeah. Bethesda was like, "Well, no, Skyrim's not official yet." I'm like, oh, really? "Were they?" <clears throat> yeah, Bethesda. Let me try to find the the tweet or whatever. Uh, "Quote: We're happy to have the opportunity to collaborate with Nintendo on the video. While we're not confirming any specific titles at this time, we are pleased to announce our partnership with Nintendo in support of the Switch. We look forward to reviewing specific games and details in the future." So even well, though they right. showed Skyrim or some sort of Elder Scrolls thing, they yeah. still wasn't like officially announced. Maybe they're kind of referring to new titles, like new. Yeah, I, I like <clears throat> Nintendo. Okay, so Nintendo can't just put any video in there mm-hmm. without confirmation of the company. No, I know. So, but, but Bethesda said Bethesda that, saying like, "Oh, it doesn't. It's <clears throat> not real." In a sense, it's just like, "Don't bullshit us. We know it's happening." It might be. It might not be Skyrim as we know it. It might be some weird other sort of. Well, they are working on the new Skyrim right now. The remaster, or whatever. Yeah, hmm. that comes out like in a week or so. This week, I think. Actually, I'm gonna look that up. I definitely am hyped about it. That's for sure. And and I, you know, I want to play Breath of the Wild for sure. And I think it would be it'd be interesting to have. I like the way it looks. I like that it's sleek. There's there's a couple of things like kind of like Brett was saying, build quality wise, that I'm a little skeptical of. Um, one thing for me, for sure, and it's weird because I watched a lot of the reactions online and whatnot, and and sort of you know reviews and people sort of dissecting the, um, mm-hmm. the trailer, and uh, you know I thought they were pretty interesting from both sides of the spectrum. Guys who were just totally hammering it. And guys who were fanboys and really, yeah. really into it, um, and uh, you know, I mean, I'm in the middle. Like, I, I love Nintendo. I, I, I definitely want to try this. I think it would be pretty cool. Um, but the one thing, build quality wise, that kind of bugged me, and nobody, it never, never came across for anybody. Uh, nobody mentioned this one, at one bit, which I thought was kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me, but um, the combination of having the headphone jack up top. And the kickstand on the back, right? Like when the guy flips out the kickstand in the video, I was kind of like, "Whoa, that looks pretty flimsy." And yeah. then, he, then he pops in the uh, the uh, the headphone jack, and I was like, "That ergonomically, it's going to cost some shit." Because like if you flip out that kickstand and then put a bunch of pressure right on the top as you're as you're as you're putting in a snug headphone jack, mm-hmm. you know, you're only going to do that about ten or twenty times before you put enough pressure on that before that kickstand to start given way or start getting loose or whatever right like you really yeah. got to put the headphone jack in first and then kickstand out because a lot of people are going to kickstand and shove that headphone jack in and it's going to put a lot of pressure on that thing it just seems like a weird design choice because it just looked really flimsy when it was kind of like you know just sort of extending that that little plastic kickstand out there mm. and I was kind yeah of, i thought the the plastic kickstand looked stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's on one side, like, like 
I don't know. Something about that just didn't feel right. Like, why wouldn't it be on both sides, right? Like, left and right. Like, that's like having your keyboard with only one of the little legs up, right? So yeah. I just thought I, that didn't seem... And he's on a plane? <laughs> Come on. Something more sturdy would be great. Something that had, yeah. like, maybe a, a, a like a kickstand panel on the back yeah. that was right across the back that just kind of flipped out, not just like but you, a you know what they'll probably sell with this? And... Um, it would be cool if they did sell it. Like, you know how, like, you have your tablet and they have tablet cases? Mm-hmm. Like, they could come up with Nintendo cases that would have a better yeah. uh, support for it. That'd be kind of cool. That would be smart, for sure. And then the Nintendo would get, like, that extra... Because if you looked at it, there's no traveling case in the video. So, like, I don't want my screen to get scratched up, right? Like, that's yes. the only thing I was looking at. I'm like, where's the case to put this in? Like, I get it. It's mobile, but I want like a nice little foot bag over top of that thing or something. Like, yeah, I want I want to protect that screen. They're, yeah, I mean, especially yeah. if it's a four hundred dollar like screen. It's like, yeah, I I want to protect that. They're definitely know? taking the model of like iPads and iPhone, like tablets and phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't get a you don't get a case. You got and we don't even know if the screen's touch screen, <laughs> which is weird too. Yeah, they haven't they haven't said one one thing or another. So, I was like, I'm assuming it's a touchscreen, even though they didn't show it. I, I'm assuming it is. So, um, and if you looked at the uh, like all the leaked uh, 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 patents and stuff, there is touchscreen stuff in the patents, right? So I'm assuming that screen is touch is touch. It'd be it's a just, bit funny though, wouldn't it? Because like you can't you can't pull out the the. The screen from the dock and still play on the television, right? So, you know that all the touchscreen stuff would have to apply to just being able to play it on TV on the television. As yeah, well. like you couldn't have split screen, or sorry, you couldn't have touchscreen specific games. We don't know that yet. Well, but then you'd only be able to play the mobile. So yeah. I'm saying, right? Yeah, it looks like it looks like in order to use your system, it has to be docked, like. To use it on the TV mm-hmm. has to be docked. Right. So it's not like if uh, oops, a Wii remote uh, thing. Jeez, uh, <laughs> whoops! Um, having such a good discussion. <laughs> now I don't even want to finish it. Well, if you, okay, so if, if this if the console is not backwards compatible, uh, digitally or physically, well, we can already say physically it's not. It's not. But if it's digitally, or, or if we say if it's not period, then that means we saw a new Mario Kart game, new Splatoon, new Mario, and what else was there? Well, uh, I think the um, and Skyrim. I think the and the NBA game. I think the, oh, um, the NBA, yeah. the the sort of the rumor behind the at least Mario Kart and Splatoon is that they're sort of like Switch, like uh, Wii U versions. Right, um, you know, remakes or whatever, which, which for Splatoon, like I'm fine with whatever. Just throw in some like extra maps and shit, and basically just launch the same game on a console that you know might have an audience. Uh, but Mario Kart, I would actually want like a Switch specific like Mario Kart. Um, well, I watched uh, one video where the guy was pointing out some very subtle differences between that Mario Kart, uh, like that ghost character. Um, the yeah, there was Boo. There was two different items. Like you had two different items or whatever. Two different items. Yeah, I saw that too. And and you know apparently that's not in eight. Yeah, and I think the track they showed wasn't a Wii U specific track. It was like a, it was one that was in Mario Kart eight, but it was it was based off of like a GameCube one or something. Like you know how they do like the the flashback cart, uh, tracks and stuff. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I'm excited for it though. Like I was, I was super happy when I watched that. I was just like, finally, get to know what this like system is. Like mm-hmm. that more than anything was just <clears throat> exciting to watch. But then they, I, I read something that they're not going to talk about the Switch for the rest of the year. Um, which means that you know this thing. They said that originally this thing's supposed to come out in March 2017. But are they really just going to like you know January? Say January 12th. They're just like, all right, here's the price. Here are the launch games. Two months. They, you know they could do that. I, they they could. Nintendo's the company that would do it. It just seems so weird. Like I was, I phoned it, up EB Games to be like, "Can I pre-order this thing yet?" And they're like, "No, there's we don't have a SKU, we don't have prices, we don't yeah. have anything." I was like, oh. "Yeah." Some yeah, people have yeah. been pre-ordering it though. No, no, you can't. No, I don't think. 
No one's taking I saw a yet. tweet that somebody put 50 bucks down on a... Really? Might have been in the UK or something. Like that. Could be e- fake. Maybe I'll call EB Games again because I, I called them the day after and be like, yo, like, can I pre- like literally, can I just pre-order this in now? And they're like, no, we don't. Like, we Excuse don't have a You have a mute button there, by the way. Um, I, was, I can't get to it in time. <laughs> I, did, uh, I did PS4 Pro um, like the day... Uh, after it was announced and, and EB Games they were kind of like I just had a lazy employee he was kind of like oh no I don't see it here and I was like yeah okay and then I talked to another guy in the same place like the manager's like oh yeah no I'll find it for you and he just hooked it up yeah see that and, and uh, we kind of already talked about this on the podcast I think but uh, Heather went to like go try to pre-order the PS4 Pro and said the EB Game guy said that he couldn't do it yet and I'm like but Dan got his like what like I don't understand <laughs> um, um. But we got the yeah. or something. One thing I find interesting is that both PS4 Pro and Nintendo Switch are really like um, trying to distance themselves from the idea of competition between consoles, eh? Hmm. Like PS4 is saying, well, this isn't meant to compete against the Xbox and the Nintendo. It's meant to compete against PC or something like that. You know, Nintendo is like on their own trajectory, man. <laughs> yeah, and Nintendo's saying the same thing and, and, and justifying it in their actions. Right? Yeah. I actually think Nintendo's going the smarter route than most because of how we do play now. We're not always tied to the console anymore. Like taking it with us is a smart idea. Like it just is. Yeah, and the size of it too. Jeez, it's such a small little thing too. Yeah, I'm hoping those docks too are just like kind of cheap little like you know twenty dollar like hubs. Like they you can just Mm. kind of have a bunch because I was thinking like. We were talking at work about, you know, everyone bringing their Nintendo Switch and playing whatever game. And I was just like, I hope we can just get a dock so that, because we have a TV at work where we can just, yeah. you know, plug it in and start playing and on our lunch and then lunch it over and then just remove it and the next person can do it. Sort of thing. I've, I, that's my assumption is that too, which would be really dope because if you have different games and I have different games and I'm like, I'm coming over with my stuff and just like, yo, dock, done. And we just start playing. Yeah, exactly. Like, that alone is genius. Like, if you just think about it, right? Like, it, it definitely, there's a lot of things about it that are quite smart where it comes to sharing and playing with other friends and stuff that I think people just haven't quite put into their brain yet. Like, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot it can do. So, I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with it. And I hope I get a new Donkey Kong, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dock thing's interesting. I mean, that did that didn't cross my mind. I, I, I think like, is there not sort of extra DSP and stuff like that in, in the docks? Like, I don't think you could buy one for twenty bucks. Like, I don't think it's just a just a hub like a conduit for for your your. your yeah, I don't thing. think you, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a twenty dollar hub or anything like that. But I think it's going to be like. Uh, one thing that like all the stuff in it will be like oh registering your your device and then connecting it and all that stuff. Wouldn't that suggest like then GPU. that it has like more power and stuff in it? So would would there be games that you have to like have it plugged in and you can't actually take on the road? Like no, I just I just think like it, it'll it'll help you like render larger resolution, better frame rate for a big TV kind of thing, and then what, you have enough power built into the tablet to to run like just the you know nine twenty p on the tablet or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or 720p on a tablet or whatever. Yeah, well, Dwayne, see, Nintendo didn't really say anything. So, um, it's just like, it's just weird. Like, do you guys still think that the Sin's coming out in March 2017? Like, oh, yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah, I think Delays so. Delays are think... so cliche now. <laughs> What's that? Delays just feel so cliche now. I think, like, I'm hoping that people are, are starting to go, like, okay, well, you know, like, let's just don't I, I heard that one too. No, you didn't hear nothing. That was just a little. Flump. Why are you swearing so much, yeah. man? Holy Dan, crap! You okay, buddy. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, oh, <laughs> dude! There's uh, a couple peekers there for you, bud. <laughs> Thank you. Um, be like that. Yeah, I'm just writing that down. All right, we talked about <laughs> Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm pretty happy. I tried to. I tried to see if. Like, I, I was looking to see, like, what studios... Because they showed that um, the screenshot or whatever that showed what partners are working on games. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they showed EA, Activision, all that shit. Uh, and, but I, I was expecting to see, like, an indie one, too. Like, oh, these are the indie guys that are working on games. 
Um, and I think only the guys behind SteamWorld Heist actually said they're they're releasing it on they're going to like release a port of that or whatever that game is on uh, on and uh, Switch. Mm-hmm. But no one, I don't think anyone else has said anything. So, let's we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. Couple well, small things about it that I find kind of weird, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, you're an audio guy, though. No one cares about audio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we should just go to hype time then. Word. That's not how it usually starts, but fine. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're changing it up, man. <laughs> this swearing going on. Yeah, that that explicit podcast is called because of damn. Um, <laughs> I do have one thing. So there's a virtual reality developer workshop on October 27th uh, from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. at Sheraton Parkway Toronto North Hotel, which I believe is more in Richmond Hill than in Toronto. Uh, it's on the website. It's on October 27th. So if you're listening to this after the October 27th, then don't bother. But, uh, quote, if you're interested in learning to develop virtual reality experiences, there's two upcoming introductory VR workshops being organized by the Academy of VR. Uh, it's this group out in Vancouver. They reached out to me. Uh, choose between two full-day classes, which introduce you to VR design, development, and Unity 3D. By the end of the day, you will have built your first VR experience, a submarine piloting game, and will walk away with a strong understanding of the VR development skills needed to begin building your own applications. Uh, all attendees will receive a Google Cardboard VR headset to test their experience on, and there will be a HTC Vive gameplay demo and Q&A with VR developers during the network session. Nice. So you can check that out at tronogamedes.com slash toronto-events. Um, and there's an Eventbrite that if you, I'm sure if you Google Eventbrite, uh, intro virtual reality developer workshop, you'll find it. So October 27th and 28th, it's good times. Um, Brett word, what do you got? What do you got to hype? Not much. Congrats on, uh, on game dev drinks, by the way. That was fun. That was good. Thank you. Thank For you. those who couldn't make it, it was, uh, it was kind of like a mini Bit Bazaar. For those who are not familiar with Bit Bazaar, it was basically just a bunch of demos for uh, some developers around Hamilton. Uh, Snakehead Games was there. The uh, Oddbird Studios was there showing off Arrowheads. Uh, there was like a twin-stick shooter game. Disco is Dead. Uh, Insurgency and... Debris was there too. Debris from Moonray Studios. I wanted to see that. Missed that. It was neat, man. It was fun. Like the whole thing was fun. It worked out. It was just funny to see all these computers and shit just at like like bar tables. But yeah, uh, it worked out. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's good to talk to everyone too. So if you missed it, you missed out a good one. Uh, yeah, we, it was, there was a lot of people there. I was not <laughs> expecting that many people. That was the biggest one too. I think. I think so. Well, that's what happens when you like when you invite one person. That one person's going to hype it up, obviously. But if you invite like five or six people to do something, yeah. they're all going to hype it up more. Yeah. So you have the you know Moonray Studios tweeting about it. You have Oddbird Studios guys tweeting about it. You have all those Sheridan kids like telling their friends and all mm-hmm. this shit. So, uh, question from Alex M Music One on Twitter, who is there? Uh, when you attend a game dev drinks event, what is your drink of choice? Oh, I keep mine simple. Yeah. Double double gin and soda. <laughs> double gin and soda. Yeah, man. Brett, what's your go-to uh, drink there? I just drink any beer that people give me. You don't buy your own beer? Well, usually, but some people like to get me a beer for putting on a good event. You still owe me two dinners, by Probably. the way. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I don't really drink, so I just get a Coke or so. Mm-hmm. Like, I love rum and Coke, but since I've been cutting Coke out of my life, I don't drink it that as much. I've, I've, yeah, cutting Coke is, I've, we've tried and I've, I've been successful at it and then I just kind of fall back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's tough. It's, uh, it's, it's Coke is so delicious, but I learned so to cut bad. your Coke, but yeah, well, you know, you, you walk into a bathroom and you just see lying there and you just get a little addicted. <laughs> I, I cut it to like, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Like not having it anymore. Like I can have a Coke now and just not care about it like i used to mm-hmm. like i don't know like when i back in the day like when i used to have one coke i would just drink like tons of it you know what i'm saying like and it would be all my mind it's like yo let's go get a coke and a smile but like <clears throat> nowadays i'm just like nah i had a coke whatever i'm good like so i've definitely just like beaten the addiction side of it yeah so i'm i'm happy where i'm at with my uh, control over pop in general. Was, was it better in a can or in a bottle? 
Uh, glass bottle Gla- best. Glass bottles dope. Glass bottle, yeah. 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 If I have to go and talk about Coke, it has to be glass bottle. The so much better. The Coke that the, the that's in glass bottles that uses the sugar cane is really freaking good, and it's not yeah. bad for you because it's not that corn syrup shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like much harder to find. So yeah, and I I love it on a nice hot like summer day. You know, just chilling on a bench, you bust it off. Psh. Just chill and have a coke. There you go. Watch the world go by. <laughs> That's uh, my coke commercial right there. Are you ready to talk about game dev drinks in November or no? No, not yet. Okay. I gotta send an email out. Do you know what day? Like, is it is it going to be? Do you know what day at least or no? Uh, hold on, let me just pull. I think it's November. It's early, like November sixteenth. Oh, yeah, it's a little earlier. Um, uh, that's like PS4 Prime. Or PS4 Pro time right there. Yeah, we're competing with PS Prime Pro. There you go. Uh, Dan, is there anything you want to hype up? Yep. <laughs> or what's that? Just kidding. Uh, did you? How often did you leave your basement this week? Um, I went out for sushi last night with Katie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sushi, um, grabbed the mail a couple times. That's about it. <laughs> did you get to play any games this week? Uh, just the one that you uh, hooked me up for free yesterday. Oh, there you go. We'll talk about that. Um, all right, let's go to news time then. Let's do it. News, news, news. Yeah. Uh, number one, a uh, few weeks ago, we had the game from Lithic Entertainment on, uh, Al and uh, Andy, uh, who made Dwaros. Uh, it's on mm-hmm. Kickstarter right now, still going. Uh, we kind of talked about this on last podcast, but I wanted to give a shout out to them again that they hit their Kickstarter goal, 12,000. Uh, as of right now, on October 23rd, the morning of, they're at 13,923 dollars cool. uh, with how many days is left? Seven. So a week left. Uh, and their first stretch goal, I believe, is 15K. Um, yeah, 15K more pets. Well, we will add more animal varieties to the pets that you can obtain in Doros. So. Another thousand dollars for a little stretch goal right there. So check it out if you haven't already. Uh, Dwar- if you just Google Dwaro's uh, Kickstarter, it'll come. It's like the first one. Cool. Big fan of this game. Looks awesome. I'm glad it glad it got funded. Um, days to get on this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you funded it yet? No. Get on it now. There you go. Because you know it's you know it's like complete. You're not going to give them that false hope. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh. That's it. That's yeah. That's it for that. I just want to kind of give a shout out to them. So, congrats on getting funded. Congrats. Um, looking forward to that. I think it's. Uh, I think they. I think it's not until like early next year that the game will actually be released. Maybe maybe early thing today, but or this this year, but early next year. Uh, number two, Illumination Games releases Dawn of Mars on iOS and Android. Uh, it's partnering. This is the same. Same people who did the Ace Academy game. Uh, they partnered with um, the Canadian Aviation Space Museum, mm-hmm. uh, and this is sort of uh, it's similar. Like, it's like a base, one of those like base building ones. Uh, I didn't really get into it just much. I still have it on my phone. I haven't deleted it, but I didn't really get into it. But uh, you're basically like building a base on Mars, and, and right. there's timers and stuff like that. It's one of those one of those games. Uh, oh. Join the first ever colony on Mars. Your survival will depend on your ability to gather resources, expand your bases, and conquer new territories. Control a fleet of rovers and extract precious resources from Martian soil. As commanding officer, you will need to balance colony survival with mission requirements while battling hazardous and unpredictable conditions on the Red Planet. Cool. This I believe is way into the future. Free to it's free to play. Not really. Nah, man. We're gonna we're gonna colonize Mars Dude. in like. We can't do half this stuff. A year. You're crazy. A year. <laughs> Elon Musk is saying it's going to cost $500,000 to go live in Mars. One-way trip, though. One-way trip. I'm not going. That's not good. No way. I'd rather die on here. Earth. Yeah, I'll stay here on Earth. <laughs> I'll, I'll start up MarsGameDevelopers.com. <laughs> well, the Martian... The number the one site Mar- for Martian games. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have a pod- I'll have a podcast with some people over there. Uh, the Martian was, took place in, in near future. It wasn't like super futuristic. We're What's not going to be colonizing it anytime soon. Twenty By 2030. 2030? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Well, that, well, how do you define anytime soon? 
I always look at it as like it, within my lifetime, I don't think we'll do it. You don't think you're going to live die before 2030? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. You're going to die in the next 13 years? Yep. Shit, man. R.I.P. Brett. Yep. It's over, guys. <laughs> done with this. We'll just retire next. now. Number yeah. three. Number three. Uh, we already talked about this a few times, but Pirate Pop Plus is out now on 3DS and Wii U. Yeah. I haven't picked it up yet. So is the um, OST, by the way, on Bandcamp. Yeah, no one cares. No, I'm just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> what's, what's the website for the Bandcamp? It's like 13 games slash Bandcamp, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. And um, it's got Jim's, Ivix, Harry Waters, and myself written a bunch of music for the games.bandcamp.com and by the looks of it it does not have a single sale yet so you <laughs> oh. could be the first <laughs> are you allowed to say that well i'm looking at the site right now if you go to the site there's no well well actually it's you could have a, as me you know if you don't have an account and you just buy it then it won't show your little icon there underneath the album hmm. so it's possible that it does have sales but Oh. If you have an account, it shows a little icon. Like if you click on the Rumbo soundtrack, it's got a little bunch bunch of icons underneath. Those are like members of the Bandcamp community who've bought it. Oh, supported by. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I bought it, but I don't have a Bandcamp account, so I wouldn't show up on here. Yeah, right. So this, it's possible that Pirate Pop Plus does have some. Cool. Um... You can get, yeah, so you can pick up 13ngames.bankcamps.com slash four, or sorry, for nine dollars. Uh, and Pirate Pop Plus, I believe, is like five bucks or so, um, or ten bucks. Cross yeah, by, five bucks, four ninety nine. Yeah. Cross by between uh, Wii U and uh, 3DS. Yep. Cool. Just as a reminder, this podcast is available for everyone around Monday or Tuesday. But if you're a patron, then you can get it early on the Sunday or Saturday, depending on when we uh, actually record. So just want to give a shout out to all the patrons. Uh, Brian, Gene, Rory, Tabby, Gigi, Renaud, Tyler, Stephen, Lee, Devin, Toby, Dan, Chris, Anthony, and Aaron. Thanks, Hello. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. Uh, anytime I get free games, I try I dish them out to the patrons. Uh, any exclusives like the reviews and stuff like that, they go out to patrons early. You can support the site uh, as far as low as one dollar, although it's USD. Um, for four dollars, I think is is the limit I set for getting all that stuff. Um, if you want some cool swag, you can go to designbyhumans.com slash shop slash Toronto Game Devs. Get yourself a mug, t shirt, phone case. Makes a great gift for the whole family. Just plugging stuff there. Uh, number four. <laughs> I, yeah, I've seen the phone case in person. I was like, oh, that's quite snazzy little phone case. Yeah, you know what? And it's pretty solid because I've dropped my phone on my floor a couple times and it's still it's still good. So it's, mm. it's a solid piece of uh, material right there. I, I ordered the mugs and I haven't got them yet. So I'm excited. I haven't really – I'm, I'm going to write a blog post about the mugs uh, eventually. But I wanted to get, get them first just to see. But – you should do a video and just drink out of the mug with the logo facing the camera. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm going to do. You do on TNS with the Tim Hortons cups. I keep. Uh, I need to get back on YouTube because I was. I had a good roll going there, and I was getting like steady views and and mm-hmm. uh, people and stuff. And I kind of stopped. I got. I really got to get back into that because that was a lot of fun. I just had to stop. Sometimes things just take too much time. You know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, legit. Yeah. Number four. Uh, speaking of Patreon games, Caveman Cliff uh, becomes a paid app on iOS. So this is from uh, Brad Kennedy, a.k.a. Shiny Talisman. And Caveman Cliff used to be a free game. Um, and it had, okay. you, you know, it had like ads and in-app purchases and stuff like that. And he kind of transformed it into a paid app now. So it's two seventy nine, dollars uh, Same game, but he was able to kind of release, or I guess like, yeah, release everything. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not stuck behind a paywall or anything like that. So... Quote, without the paywall, I was able to make some changes that really improved the game, including taking down the difficulty early on to help ease the player in and gain them to good stuff quicker, like the Dynamite and Whirlwinds. Yeah. Uh, this, I, he gave me three, he was kind enough to give me three codes, which went out to patrons randomly. It was kind of a first come, first serve, so that's one benefit of becoming a patron. Dan, were you able to, you, you said you were able to play it? 
I snagged one of them. Yeah. Nice. And, and it's, it's funny because I, I, I beelined it for the last one because I, I thought I got the email a bit late and it was already taken. I was like, oh, that's it. They're all taken. And then I, I picked the middle one and it wasn't taken. So somebody else had the same idea, I guess. Sweet. Uh, I don't know if the first one got taken. No one actually reached out to me saying that they got them. So that's. Oh, you can email back? <laughs> no. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know you could even email back. I think yeah. you just reply or maybe. I, oh, actually, yeah. I actually don't know. No one tweeted at me or anything like that. So I just assumed no one picked it up yet. But that's cool. Um, oh, there's at least two of them are gone. There you go. Dan, uh, Brett, uh, sorry, Dan, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like like when I when I first put, when I first tried it, I didn't have the, the phone sort of oriented properly. So I was kind of like how the hell do you move this dude on the screen? Like it was not working out for me that great. And then I was kind of thinking, meh, whatever. It's kind of cool. And then uh, once I kind of figured out how to, how to get it going. And then I started to figure out the depth behind it, the depth in the power ups and the upgrades and that stars could be translated to this and the mushrooms and whatnot. And, and how the game actually worked. Um, cause you have to clear absolutely everything. And once, and when those purple dinosaurs are coming and dropping those boulders, it's like, get out of here, man. I just want to get this last rock out. And, uh, it, it was addicting for sure. Like, I, uh, once I got it, I ended up playing it for like an hour and a half Nice. <laughs> last night, you know? And so, nice. so it totally, it was one of those games where like, didn't hook me in the, like, like right away, but it grabbed me. Um, it grabbed me within the first 10 minutes and I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, I get it. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it it had me hooked. Cool. Um, so you can check that out on the website. Uh, it's a feature story at the top right now. So came in cliff. Uh, he also has came out warp looter and grab grab trap, which is a game we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, two seventy nine. So it's cheap. That's the Canadian price too. So if you're an American listening to this, it's probably two bucks. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Currencies. Um, and it's only available on iOS. I don't think it's on Android. Sorry, Brett. It's all good. No one likes Android. But it is fun. Definitely worth trying out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got it. If it was on the Droid, I'd play it. There you go. Flip the Switch. I haven't... Uh... <laughs> Speaking of flipping the Switch, where's Billions of Cat on iOS, man? That was like two months ago. Yeah, we're just we're well. The one thing we've been thinking, we've been talking about billions of cats is redoing the art in it. Because, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the artist who was originally working on it is a little too busy, so we can't really do any new updates without that artist. So we were just sitting there going, maybe we'll just re-art all this and just do it in pixel art, so we can make new stuff whenever we want. So you can say shit; it's fine. Yeah, but I try not to swear. I'm trying to cut it out of my life, man. Yeah, thank you, oh, thank shit. you for that, Brett. Don't Dan, don't you dare. <laughs> um, that's fair. I, I just wanted iOS, man. I want a tapping game. Soon, soon. Sure, you're such a game developer. Yeah, it's coming soon to a phone near you. Um, Nintendo style, man. I don't, I don't, I do what I want to do. Just release a reveal trailer, like yep. Uh, that's it for news time. News. <laughs> you guys are the worst sometimes. This time over. <laughs> we well, talk- oh. Nope. Nope. You got nothing. Oh, I'm just. I just. I'm looking at this video of this person cutting cake with this crazy cake knife thing. It's so amazing. Okay. Thanks for paying attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's amazing. <laughs> so we've already talked about Nintendo Switch, but we do have a question from uh, Aaron on Twitter uh, at AGM. C-L-E-O-D uh, says, well, so he tweeted, I didn't know about this pace bin, but it's a longer question. Um, so the whole question is, in the indie community, we always talk about how marketing game is an ongoing endeavor. Through what marketing initiatives should be done at what stages of development? Should I send keys to YouTube streamers months before launch or just days before? What should I create? A, when should I create a press kit and send it to the media? What kind of content should I be between posting to Facebook, IndieDB, etc.? Should be full dev blogs or just features in progress. <coughs> um, I have an opinion of the on the press kit, but but Dan, yeah, what's what's your you start? What's your what's your thoughts and feelings? Me start? Yeah. Why would I start? I find Brett. 
I never I'm released the I'm game. Waiting, I don't know. Wait for Dan's awesome feedback. Yeah, I want, I want to know what Dan thinks. <laughs> what was the question? Oh, I, hate you. <laughs> uh, I was watching the cake knife thing. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Isn't it amazing? I wasn't watching. I was just joking. Um, oh, all right. Then. Well, what do you do? Look up cake knife? <laughs> oh, I sent the video. It's, it's, the on, video. A, it's on our Skype thing. It's Skype. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't see that. I'll have to <laughs> include this video in, in there. In the thing. Oh, oh swear it now. What's going on here? My Jiso. Wow, Steve, why are you swearing, man? I'm just very angry that Dan is not paying attention. No, I was totally paying attention. So, but uh, but I, since I've never released a game, he's asking about games, right? Yeah. Obviously. Um, well, from my experience, which is none. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I mean, I do have experience in, in, in marketing and advertising and whatnot, just because I spent many years working in, um, in uh, music production house, just mainly focusing on ads. And uh, one thing I know for sure is the sooner the better all the time, right? I mean, you, you got to get your materials out there quickly you gotta not be fooled by having sort of a, a, a grassroots roots following with your 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 immediate community your immediate video game family and other devs around you mm-hmm. um and fans and you know you really have to strive to to get outside of your immediate community you know um i've said this before on the podcast and stuff but you know it doesn't matter how many people know you in hamilton it matters how many people know you in sydney you know in other parts of the world so yeah i think as much information as you can get out there is is a good thing um you know if you have anything that's that, that you want to keep under wraps um it's hard to say i mean you're not a, a tri- triple a developer major console well you know you're not in nintendo or sega or whatever it's not like people are going to buy your game anyway uh, sometimes those those hooky um, uh, ideas are are what's going to help you create that that following, right? Mm-hmm. And as opposed to uh, trying to keep something like that under wraps for for you know release. So I, I, don't, I don't I don't I'm not really sure why you would hold much back at all. I'm not really into sort of like early access beta kind of stuff. I've never played a game in early access. I, I, I don't want to play anything until it's done, basically. But, um, yeah, I mean, I know that it's important to, uh, like, what, what else am I looking at? What kind of content should be tweeting or posting to Facebook, Indie Database, etc.? What kind of content? What do you think, Brett? What kind of content? What, what? Should people be posting about their games? Like, I, you know. Oh, like, would you like me to answer this question? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you jealous that I didn't go to you first? Is that what? No, <laughs> no, no. Um, no, I'm not jealous. No. You know, like I, I look I like at guys. I mean, I definitely look at guys in the community, like like Miguel Sternberg. You know, he's he's doing a great job. Um, I I see him tweeting all the time about his progress with um, Russian subway dogs and whatnot, and what he's working on, and. Um, the Dwaros guys, they're constantly tweeting um, screenshots and whatnot, and they all look really, really great. Mm-hmm. And it, it does have me excited about what, what they're coming up with. I think consistency is definitely important, too. You know, can't kind of yeah. pop in and out. You just want to, like, constantly sort of be in the fold and showing that progress. Anyway, Brett, what do you think? Uh, it's pretty much the same. Okay. See you later. <laughs> See you next week. Done. As far as press kits go... Uh, the best press kits are, are ones that have like everything, like a little bit about yourself, uh, a little bit about the game itself. Um, just like kind of a feature list on, you know, has 30 levels, has whatever kind of, you know, whatever, just like five or six bullet points, um, a release date or any sort of anything really, even if it just says like TBA, um, and then a trailer, uh, screenshots, logo, that sort of stuff. Um, and just make it like super easily accessible. Like if I go to a website, you know, blah, 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 dot com slash press kit should be the press kit. 
Um, or it should be like, it should just be like easy to find. If I Google like your name and add press kit, like it should be the top list. Uh, that just like makes it way easier to yeah. find and, and go through. And the, and the ones that are like really empty, like who, that don't have stuff, um, you know, it's fine. Maybe your product's just like super early on, but, uh, the more you can throw in there, like the way better. Mm-hmm. And the YouTube streamers too, like should you send it months before launch or just days before? I'm kind of thinking like, I mean, going by my experience with uh, 13 a.m., right? I mean, they definitely, you know, they had to send um, uh, codes to reviewers and whatnot. And I think if, if you're backed by Nintendo and you're getting, you know, life on their channel and whatnot and their avenue to all of their millions of users then yeah days before it uh release is is probably fine it's probably what you want to do because you're you have this hype train kind of backing it up and you don't want uh people leaking all this gameplay footage randomly but if you're in independently releasing i would say months before is probably a better option because you would want people to be stirring up that hype for you because you don't have a company like nintendo on their on their channels hyping your your stuff i'd imagine it would be whenever you have like the firm release date like you know august 23rd this game's coming out so leading up to that in july and august you start sending out the the codes for streamers because the last thing you want to do uh is you know give it to a streamer it's coming out in three months and then delay it for whatever reason and then that stream is just kind of a waste of time because all of the subscribers and stuff have kind of moved on to their to the next game sort of thing yeah. I, I'd definitely be giving out demos too you know so people weren't streaming the entire game yeah that too no no, no for sure that's what I would do mm-hmm. uh, unless they're like huge subscribers like if they if they get like right. a shit ton of uh, like viewers then sure just give them the game whatever I'm sure you know these guys just get inundated with codes for games that that people want them to play and, and yeah. show off online. Just inundated, worse than composers. Developers get inundated with composers. I bet. Yeah. By a long shot, you know they probably get just tons of codes every week of people wanting them to try their game and expose it to their audiences and whatnot. And it's like, mm. yeah, probably impossible to keep up with. Brett. All right. So let's, I'm just going down your list of things here. How to market game, blah, blah, blah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, feel All free right. to prepare yourself before the podcast instead of like moments. No. <laughs> Man, dude, I'm sleeping. Just eating some good cereal. That was good cereal, too. All right. We... Long story short, get your sleep, yep. eat your Wheaties. <laughs> yep. All right. So let me just go down. I'll start with the press kit. Pretty much everything Steve said is good. Like, you have to do that. And make sure it looks really dope and professional. Like, don't just throw it sloppily out there, right? It's got to look good. Everything needs to be easily found. And put everything in there that you think you want the world to see. Because the media, like, if you have a dope video, make sure it's in there. So the media will be able to pull it and just be like, yep, we're throwing this video up there for you. And, uh yeah, that's the press kit's like super easy too. Like, just go and look at um, other studios and their press kits. Whatever they have, you should have, kind of thing, right? So it's very easy to find um, a format for that. Um, I have to actually sit down and do the press kit for Pixel Jones soon. There you go. Um, yeah, actually, it's a, a to do list thing. Um, what else we got here? What kind of content should I be tweeting? Okay, so this is the difficult part because, like, the Facebook and the Twitter are like weird beasts, okay? Um, I actually don't think you get a lot of sales or anything from Twitter or Facebook. Now, people might, other people might say, oh, no, that's totally wrong. That's why you build this community and all this stuff. But I actually think your conversion rates are incredibly low from the uh, Twitter and Facebook communities that you do build. Sure, they're there and they're interested, but they also, like, I feel like you're only going to get like 10% maybe even less than that of your following, but you should be putting, you have to be consistent with your tweeting and your Facebook stuff. You just have to be. 
um, which is what like Miguel does good and Duaros is doing good too right now, right? They're always consistent with the message. Um, I personally only like to tweet stuff and Facebook stuff when I feel like I've done something that's important to put out there. Um, I don't like I don't like tweeting out uh, or Facebooking uh, useless information or like useless updates. Mm-hmm. Like just because I finished a, a new demo level doesn't mean I need to post a tweet about it and be like, oh, new demo this week. Like new demo level is done or stuff like that, right? Like I don't try to post like that. I like to post when I have like something kind of substantial. Like if I finished something, like I finished the the uh, temple backgrounds and that's done and here, here's what it looks like, you know? Like that's how I like to tweet. And now I know that's not as regular as everybody else, but that's just how I have more of the Nintendo approach to it where I will give you the information when I feel like it's done and it looks good and I want that out there on the internet, you know? But you could do it any way you want to do it. I don't blog because I think blogging is kind of useless. In 2016, I feel like blogging is useless. Um, TorontoGameDose.com, number one site for everything. No, like... Number one site for cake knives. (laughs) Okay. I'm talking about blogging as a developer. I find those are useless, okay? (laughs) <laughs> it's totally different i don't think people i was i was pretty interested in dev blogs when i first started the site uh just because it was a world that i had never never known uh yeah. and then as time went on i was just kind of like okay these are just i'd rather have instead of a honestly instead of a dev blog uh that's yeah. you know shows screenshots or some shit i would rather have a five minute video of yeah. of that like a dev vlog i guess mm. I would much rather if you want to do stuff like that. That way, you're building up your YouTube uh, subscribers and stuff too. And, and you yeah. get the, when you get when you post the trailer, like it, it's a little more out there. Like, yeah, I, I would go that route if you're really interested in talking about dev blogging sort of stuff. I could be way off base, but I kind of feel like dev blogs are less for fans of the game and more for other devs and yeah. uh, and journalists. Yeah, yeah, I would I would go with that. Yeah. Probably. And I like I don't even I don't even like I don't even like doing them. A, a developer vlog though, that's something that's a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. But with a developer vlog, that means you're also showing new and polished content. Like you don't want to just vlog for the hell of it, right? So your your vlog might be a monthly vlog of you being like, Hey, this is what we did this month, this is where this is, this is where that is, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like instead of doing the the uh, when I used to do blogs, I always felt like I had to be coming up with like just bull right like i just had to come up with crap all the time and i'm like we're not really getting anywhere with these right there's kind of the same old thing it's like oh um, this week we did this it's like this sounds so stupid right (laughs) at least that's how i always felt whenever i was writing them so i thought to myself you know what i'm not going to write like that i'm going to i'm going to just do if i'm going to blog it's going to be like once a month or when something important actually happened like on my I, I, heart circle doesn't even have a blog anymore. I, I believe I took it down because I just thought it's stupid. And the other thing, the thing that with with blogs too, it also backfires if you're not updating all the time. Like yeah, if there's like a three or four month gap between your last blog post yep. and you still haven't posted, people are going to automatically assume you're dead, like you're inactive. So don't do it. Yeah, there's a few when I when I can't find news stories or whatever, and mm-hmm. nothing's really happened on Twitter. I just kind of randomly go to like different websites just to see if there's something and i'll see like a blog tag or whatever i'll click on it and it's just like 2015 was the last blog post i'm like yeah yeah. guys come on what um." (laughs) yeah yeah it's dumb so i i also thought that was kind of killing your brand in a sense because now it's looking like you're not active you're not busy you're not doing stuff so don't do it especially if you're a new indie developer you don't have to worry about that. Just worry about the game. The game does all the talking. It does. In the end, the game does all the work for you. So make a dope game. Like everyone knows Pixel Jones. They see it. They're like, that's a dope thing. Right? <clears throat> and the game does all the work. I don't even have to talk about it. It's just like, here, play it. <laughs> you know? You'll get there too. Just focus on making a dope game first. There you go. But you have to worry about marketing. You do have to worry about marketing. Like you really do. So It's like a constant thing, I think. Yes. If you got Thank the you. money for PR, mm-hmm. you know, if you get the money to hire somebody to help you out with like that. This, this question here is all about, I don't have money. How do I do it for free? That's what this question really is. Right. Right. And pretty much 
it's it's uh, it's hard. I, like I really like. I mean, you know, uh, like the Rumbo press kit is great. I think that's a great example of a press kit. Like if you. Oh yeah, I've I've actually looked at the Rumbo one multiple times when I've been working on press kits because it is a good press kit. Yeah, it's um, all the facts are laid out very clearly. It's not it's not a big time suck of of, of mm-hmm. walls of text to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The graphics are great. They're easily accessible. Another good one to look at is Shovel Knights. Um, it's also a really good press kit. Very straightforward stuff. Um, it's uh, Yeah, just Google your favorite game and studio and go press kit. <laughs> You'll find really good examples out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to do it free, just, just do tweet the most important stuff. Follow the Screenshot Saturday. That's a good tweet uh, to throw out there, especially if you're in sync with it, then do it. Um, when you are moving farther along with your product, throw a little a couple of little gifts out there of your game. Like Those are always nice eye catchers. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry about blogging. Maybe do a monthly vlog instead that shows more of you and the personality behind the game and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit more work, obviously, but if you're only doing one a month, that's fine. Um, that's really important. Yeah, the personality behind the game. It's you got you got to be focused on what makes your game different, mm-hmm. you know, on what makes it special. Yeah, because you know a lot of people have seen platformers, a lot of people have mm-hmm. seen puzzle games, whatever it happens to be. But but you know you got it's like a hook in a good song. You need to focus on the yeah. best part of yeah. of your game and, and make sure that people know that because that, you know, like mm-hmm. again, just cause I have it in front of me here, that Rumble's color mechanic was something new and fresh. And that's really what kind of helped them, uh, yeah. you know, get where they got. And, uh, yeah, finding that, that one mechanic or that one hooky thing, or maybe it's the art style, like with cuphead or whatever it happens to be, um, that that's really important. Because you're you're only, you're gonna you if if your game is sort of enigmatic, there's not really a lot, you know, to to sort of grab onto. It might be a good game, it might be fun, but it's all been done kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, chances of it, you know, sort of going viral or or a bunch of people latching onto something in particular is less so, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you definitely um, have to focus on what's different about it. Yeah, like that's like the with pixel jones it's not a game that you haven't seen before but the thing that i think people get on board with is the people behind the game like it's just three dudes making a game right and that people would like that people like that story so it's like you're telling a story about your game and the people behind it and why you made it like that's important that's important information to get out there your game does have i mean your game it needs to be sort of like played to 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 be understood but it's like really Mm -hmm. tight Mm -hmm. like the controls are, are are tight and it's fun to play because of that, and it's challenging. Yeah, yeah. and 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 the art style is unique. Yeah, it's and, gonna stand out. Yeah, like it's it's kind of pixely, but it's not it's not eight bit by any means. It's kind of a hybrid. It's kind of cool yeah. that way. Yeah. Um. Cool. We should uh, we should probably start wrapping up. But what, uh, Brett? Mm-hmm. What games have you been playing? Uh, so I st- I'm still playing Starbound, Terraria, and Stardew Valley. Um, and you're streaming all that at twitch.tv slash breadmeaser? Yep. Always. And I was, I was streaming, um, what was else was I played? So I'm doing a game test for uh, another studio in Ontario. And they, they make the game called Four Kings Casino and <laughs> Slots. So I've been uh, playtesting that one. Just because I have to uh, come up with some new game mechanics and stuff for it for the test, so I, I was streaming it, and my followers were just like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> right. It was kind of funny. It's like a free to play. Dan was there. Dan was there. <laughs> it's like a free to play casino sort of game. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So I was. Pl- I've been playing that a little bit. It's it's interesting. Yeah, one um, dude's like, "Are you playing bingo right now?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes i am my favorite uh, part was the flying eagle just like indoors just yeah. roaming around yeah and then someone was like there's a cat there and i'm like what <laughs> and yeah so animal friendly casino yeah it's very animal friendly casino uh so my followers i had i played it again yesterday my one of my followers was like i'm leaving now this is not a game i want to watch 
No way. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll play something better later. <laughs> I felt so bad. But, uh, yeah, so I was playing that game a little bit, too. It's interesting. Um, and I just started playing this one game. It's called Train Valley. So I'm, I'm on the Steam Humble Bundle thingy, the Humble Bundle Monthly. And uh, this is one of the games that came with my monthly subscription for October, mm-hmm. I think. And it's called Train Valley. And it's... Uh, all you do is just navigate trains. So you have to build like train tracks and like you do shipping and receiving from other trains. It's just a little, uh, it's a fun little game. So yeah, I've been playing the hell out of that. And so watch me on uh, Twitch. I got a question about four Kings. <laughs> okay. Is it, is it all like, does it, how, like how immersive is it? Does it have basically everything that a casino has? Like it's got, any game that you would expect to see at a casino is there and then some or what um i haven't been in a casino in a while but it seems like they have everything like i didn't know bingo was that i've never seen bingo in an actual casino hall before or ever it's so a form of gambling i guess i've I've never yeah but i've never seen it at an actual casino before i usually go to a bingo hall but i guess there's there's, yeah. probably, there's probably some casinos with bingo None, not around here, I don't think. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen bingo. Like, I've seen a bingo hall, like you said. Yeah. But I've never seen bingo in a casino mm-hmm. for gambling. Sure, there's a casino in somewhere in the world that has bingo in it. Well, Probably. There's, there's one on Four Kings Casino. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, like, it does have, like, it does have, like, it has your slots and uh, crap table roulettes there. Like, it has all the little bells and whistles of what a casino would be like card games poker and blackjack yeah yeah intriguing yeah and it has your slots and all that stuff uh the only thing that sucks about it that i think that sucks about it is just it sometimes it just feels empty like so so do you see other players who are playing it or are they yeah yeah you can see other players playing and stuff like that interesting yeah, I really hate waiting for a table to start. That sucks. That's probably the worst feature in the whole game. Is just you have to wait for other people to come and join your table. So there's no like NPCs. you just sit there and wait. You just wait. Yeah. And that's my main feature that I'm going to be putting into my test is like, yo, you got to give me some NPCs to play with or something. Like there has to be something cuz I hate sitting there waiting. And then when your table finally starts, you have to wait another 10 minutes. For, like you literally have to wait 10 minutes the game to start wow. and i'm just like why is there no like uh, it's just like not enough community or i don't well it's it's i don't know I, well because I, I mean it's not like it's not like it's a room full of blackjack tables that you can just find a find a spot right you just mm-hmm. there's probably one blackjack table and you just wait no there's a room full of blackjack tables oh there is yeah and you see other tables with people at them and if they're full they're full so you just sit there at a table and wait for more people to show up. So if, if every table's full, you can't play blackjack? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. I kind of like that. That's kind of like a real legit casino. Yeah, it, it has like the real legit casino vibe to it. Like if it's actually busy and you're like, oh, man, I got to wait for this blackjack table to open up. Yeah, that, that does happen. So, but I just so it wish... is a pretty authentic experience in that way. Yeah, there is some method to say. Is there a buffet? No, no. <laughs> There are some things that they do right and some things that they do wrong, but it's 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 not it's definitely not a game I would play every day. So, but I enjoy blackjack, so I actually enjoyed doing that, and I I did. So I liked playing blackjack and I liked playing bing, bingo in it, but all the other games I didn't really care about. Um, and is there an option? Is there an option to play with real money, or is it all just like fake money? I think it's all fake money. I didn't see any options yet for like you could buy coins and stuff with real money, but I didn't see anything to play with real money. I think you can't. I don't think you're allowed to. So, so you could buy coins with real money, but you can't redeem those coins for real money. Yeah. Right. Cool. It's probably a good thing. Yeah. But right now I'm I'm loving Train Valley. It's such a fun little game. Train Valley. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can watch me stream it later on tonight. Uh only patrons will hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, other than Caveman Cliff, what have you been playing? Anything? Just Caveman Cliff. Man. Yeah, I busted it. I, did, I felt good, man. I busted it out for like an hour yesterday, though. There you go. <clears throat> uh, been playing more VR games, more Tomb Raider. 
Nothing new this week, actually, for me. I've so. been watching a lot of people play VR online, actually. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, just kind of see, you know, obviously it's, you know, it's kind of two-dimensional when you're, when you're watching them do it, but just to hear their reactions and whatnot. It's kind of like, right. I, I still, I have to try. I've never tried, I've, I've tried VR once, but it was like in the early days and it was pretty uh, nauseating and super bad frame rates and kind of just like flashing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd be really interested to, uh, to try it nowadays because I, I've been hearing that it's pretty, pretty damn immersive. Get it with your PS4 Pro. Oh, I, that's a lot of money. That's, I don't think like, that's like wants it in the house. <laughs> Yeah. I'd, I'd spend fifteen hundred dollars on a synth, but not on. Not, I'd just wait. I probably, like, I think, I, I probably won't get it this generation. But I'll probably try somebody else's. Speaking of synths, uh, you can follow Dan at Composing Dan on Twitter, where we always get tweet of the week, and you only did one tweet this week. No, that's bull. I did a bunch of tweets this. Well, week. you retweet a bunch of people. No, I tweeted, man. I straight up tweeted. No, man, I'm not seeing him. I'm telling you. My buddy, my buddy from Mexico, I think his name's Alex. He he pointed out that thirteen in game spelt my name wrong in the pirate pop credits. Oh, really? oh wait, okay, I'm not looking at the replies. Oh, yeah, here you that's... go. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, Roger squeeze. Roger squeeze. Yeah, I've, I've Roger seen... squeeze. No, no, they, they spelled it like Rodriguez. <laughs> oh man, Rodriguez. That sucks for you. Got to patch it in. Not not in the game in the in the in the trailer. Oh, please probably in the game. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, you should, I wonder if it's spelled I, wrong in the game too. I think it's just Dan in the game. Dan, uh, but you did tweet a year ago. I made these little piano thoughts to share for some reason, random thought, and this is a tweet from uh, 2015. Yeah, where you're just playing on the piano. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow Dan <laughs> Eckerbos and Dan. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> you can follow the waste of your time. Brett at Brett Meeser, at Game Dev Drinks, at Heart Circle, mm-hmm. at TP Smoke. Uh, you can yeah. follow, <laughs> you can TP Smoke doesn't exist anymore. Is it actually gone? No, it's you've got like you got like five thousand followers on TP Smoke now. Thanks, probably. To the <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Toronto Game Devs on Twitter and at Stephen L. Crane on Twitter. I guess if you want to hear me talk about sports. Um, and go to the site TorontoGameDevs.com subscribe on iTunes rate five stars all that good stuff patreon.com slash TorontoGameDevs and designed by humans slash shop slash TorontoGameDevs for all of your swag needs coming up to Christmas just FYI Mm. (laughs) makes a great gift for the whole family Uh, thanks again for listening we'll talk next week see ya peace